Today on the agency broadcast, we talk about sound bites to sell the HubSpot sales tool. And if that sounds like a mouthful, it's because it is. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome everybody to the agency broadcast. I am your host, Alex Crum. I'm a senior professor on the HubSpot Academy, focusing on producing materials specifically for our partner team. With me in the studio today is... Uh, this is David Winehouse, manager of partner sales enablement. And we are joined by our special guest, Dan Sally today. Hey, David. Hey, Alex. Hey, Dan. Good to have you here. Uh, sorry, you're yeah, a little thanks. bit... Saw so you're a little bit laid up, but we don't have to share the gory details on that oh, that's, with the that's, audience. <laughs> uh, your mouth, your mouth and ears work, and that's what. All right, that's is. that's that's usually all people are interested in anyway. So that's <laughs> yeah. cool. We only we only need your brain and your selling skills, and the rest <laughs> of it will fall into place. Very good, uh, very yeah. good. If you don't know what we do here on this show, this is a bi-weekly show specifically for newer HubSpot partners who are really trying to find their legs when it comes to both initial onboarding with new channel deals and also selling processes. In fact, it's not in technically for just HubSpot partners. It's entirely relevant to any marketing agency. We keep it fairly platform agnostic. This episode might be a little bit of an exception. We're going to dig a little bit into the HubSpot sales tools, some of which are free, some of which are not. And we'll try to figure out what might be the best approach for people in a given situation. David, you and Dan have talked about this stuff for a really long time. You've both been at HubSpot for about seven years at this point, so you're even you're even more grandfathered in than I am on this. Let's begin our conversation around these sound bites that we referred to in the very beginning here. Yeah, so um, Dan, I'm gonna ask you to introduce yourself and your background with HubSpot in just a moment. Um, before we do, I just wanted to piggyback on what Alex said, and I'm excited for today's session. Alex mentioned a lot of the content that we talk is for new partners. This talk is very applicable for new partners, but it's also applicable for experienced partners as well, who may have a lot of experience selling marketing solutions, but are looking for ways and techniques and best practices to sell sales solutions as well. So the ecosystem has been a buzz about sales and marketing alignment, selling sales enablement services to go along with marketing solutions. We all have these muscles built up around how to sell marketing, but we don't have those same muscles built up around selling sales solutions. And why it's so great to have Dan on today is because he has spent a long time building up those muscles and has demoed countless hours and times uh, sales uh, solutions and sales products. So he's going to share a lot of that insight with us today. Is that right, Dan? And will you give yes. us a little more background about your uh, your experience? Gladly, David. Gladly, David. That's 100% correct. So uh, yeah, my name's Dan Sally. I have been at HubSpot for about seven years now. So started in 2009 when we were still working out of an incubator. Spent a good chunk of my time helping build out the business in Europe. So started with the marketing software, working from the US and getting up at ungodly hours to talk to people all over uh, the EU about inbound marketing, about HubSpot marketing. As of now, of course, we have a fully staffed office in Dublin. Till uh, the end of this year, I'll, I'll be responsible for working with companies over in Europe for our sales products. So I've been doing it for about a year now. I've gained a lot of knowledge on the sales products, uh, also on how the sales products uh, work in conjunction with the marketing products. And uh, lastly, I've worked extensively with partners just obviously having to rely on them for uh, work overseas. So um, we'll also try to weave some uh, tips into how you all 
might use this in your own deals to help move them forward, help accelerate them, and uh, more importantly, uh, help you keep long-term uh, retainable business for, uh, for your agency. Awesome. So you have, you have this huge range of experience with HubSpot, Dan. So say again, how, how long have you been now selling the HubSpot sales products for? So exactly a year. Started, and, and I should say full-time. So I was actually demoing and selling the sales products prior to joining this team, uh, just because I had a high level of interest in it. But uh, as of full-time was December of uh, last year. Excellent. So let's, let's take us to the top. Dan, so you started uh, selling this a year ago, selling the products a year ago. What is the value proposition of the HubSpot sales tools? So I, I'd say there are a couple, and a lot of it depends on what people are coming to us for. Maybe just to get into sort of why we did this in the first place, we really we started down this road in response to a, a couple trends we were noticing in our customer base. And what we saw was, uh, number one, about 60% of our customer base at the time, which was 10,000, so about 6,000 companies had no CRM. And there were two big reasons for that. One was uh, that just the cost and resources involved in implementing and maintaining an enterprise level CRM were just prohibitive for what it delivered. So a lot of people were just looking for a static database, a place to track their records, you maybe do a little forecasting, keep track of deals. Uh, and again, the cost of an enterprise level CRM was just too much. Second group were a group of people who actually went and implemented an enterprise-level CRM. So they actually went through the trouble to go ahead, purchase it, hire a consultant, or use their IT people to go ahead and customize that and set that up. But then nobody ever used it. And so the whole CRM failed because ultimately a, CRM's, uh, a CRM lives or dies by the adoption of the sales team. Now, the third thing we saw, and this pertains specifically to marketing customers now, is that we had worked with marketing companies or with marketing departments, I should say, to help them move to an inbound model. And they had done a very good job of using content to generate leads and using content to nurture them to the point where they were ready to be handed off to a salesperson. But that handoff wasn't always smooth uh, because again, HubSpot's relationship with the customer almost ended once that salesperson took control of the conversation. And so what we wanted to do was create a tool that solved for those problems. Uh, number one, we wanted a CRM with a very short learning curve. So if you're coming over from a spreadsheet or you're coming over from another CRM, it should be fairly easy to get set up without any need for any technical assistance. Uh, number two, we wanted a tool that the salespeople found value in. Traditionally, a CRM has been a tool that salespeople step outside of their day to use. It's something they have to stop selling to use. And obviously, uh, data entry is not necessarily in a salesperson's wheelhouse. It doesn't uh, bring in any revenue. So uh, in a lot of cases, uh, it's something that just kind of fell by the wayside. We wanted to make sure this was a tool that helped salespeople that they viewed as a productivity tool. So they lived in it. And by that, you get a lot more data on what the sales process looks like. You get much better record keeping on opportunities. And, and more importantly, your salespeople are just more effective. You're improving their connect rate and their close rate by some of the tools we've embedded in the sales software. And that kind of, uh, that kind of bleeds into the last part, which is, again, that handoff from marketing to sales. Because HubSpot CRM is the same piece of software, you know, HubSpot CRM is not integrated into HubSpot marketing. It is the same piece of software. Because of that, uh, salespeople, number one, have instant access to leads. They have instant access to their history. 
and they're getting real-time intelligence on what their leads are doing and who they should be speaking with so they can approach those conversations contextually. You know, again, begin their conversation where the conversation with marketing is left off. Uh, number two, also know when they should be speaking someone with someone. Know when they're visiting the site. Know when they're opening their emails. All that good stuff. Nice. Three things you mentioned uh, have a short learning curve, be very easy to use versus other enterprise type C, uh, CRMs that are out there. Yep. Number two, uh, deliver value to the salesperson and make mm -hmm. it um, a value add uh, for them to be using the CRM. And then number three, the handoff from marketing uh, to yep. sales and being able yep. to loop. Yep, exactly. Fantastic. Hey, and Dan, just um, for the folks who may be listening to this that aren't um, knowledgeable about the product set itself, how do we, how does HubSpot partition out uh, its products to address uh, those um, particular value propositions? What, sure. What's the, what's the tool set definition? Sure, absolutely, absolutely. Well, within every HubSpot uh, marketing portal, you can create a free CRM effectively a CRM, uh, you know, what I would like to call maybe a sales interface over the HubSpot marketing database. So what that effectively means is that I'm able to go in, uh, create deals, annotate contact records, schedule tasks, and so on. Now that can also be built independently. So one of the things that I would recommend doing for anybody actively selling HubSpot or actively trying to sell services is don't view these two as all or nothing. In a lot of cases, you may encounter potential customers aren't quite ready for agency help, but, are, but need a CRM. And getting them into the HubSpot ecosystem is a great way to embed them in our software so you can come back later on and get that, uh, get that retainer, get that deal. Now, the second component is uh, the sales tools. Now, this is again where the, um, where the upgrade comes in. So what we do is you can have an unlimited number of free users and you can uh, upload contacts, annotate contacts, create deals, create your forecast, all that stuff at no cost. The only thing we're going to charge you for are the salespeople using it. You have a company of 50 people, sales team of 10, you're going to pay for 10 users. And what those 10 users are going to get is those 10 users are going to get access to sales productivity tools. They're also going to get training. So salespeople are going to be trained on how to use the CRM, but in a way that's more uh, that's more of a value add, in a way that really tells them what's in it for them. It's not, here's how you create a deal, here's how you update your record, it's here's how you automate your follow-up. Here's how you know when a lead's interested and you should be calling them. Here's how to call them right from the CRM and, and record the call right there so you can get back to that later. So what we're doing is we're really embedding a number of uh, efficiencies into their processes right into the training, right into the software. Yeah, I just did the sales software certification mm -hmm. on Tuesday. Went through all of Kyle Jepson's videos and it very much is, here is how you are going to automate these processes. Here is how you can become familiar with the features like calling mm -hmm. straight out of the portal. Here is when and why you ought to make those calls. It's not how to how to connect these tiny tools together it's methodological even though it is about the this exact software and yeah. you you mentioned you mentioned that it's around building an entire sales team inside of the portal this is all still it's still not even hubspot marketing at this point it's still just the base crm built up to accommodate a sales team of whatever size that you might have exactly exactly and one last thing or two last things i'll note again if you're approaching somebody who just needs a crm the reporting add-on is something that can be sold independently. And that's something that delivers a lot of value to sales teams. 
The other thing I would bring up is let's say you speak with someone, they're interested in the CRM and they just dive into the free tool. HubSpot will actually do the job of marketing to those people for you. So what HubSpot's looking to do is HubSpot's looking to ultimately upgrade those people to paid users. And so in a lot of cases, you may have teams start to automatically upgrade that you're not even speaking with just because they're using the tool. Maybe they click on calling. They want to learn more about that. Maybe they want to automate their follow-up processes and they just click a button and can purchase right there. So in a lot of cases, just... You know, every call that you leave off where CRM could be valuable, if you put them in there, you are automatically increasing your likelihood of realizing revenue down the road from uh, from that person, right, from gonna, that company. And I want to I want to drop a public service announcement as well. If you have a potential lead uh, that may not be a lead right now for the marketing software, but is a lead for the sales software, you want to go ahead and register that lead. There is only one lead registration across all HubSpot products. So if you have them registered, even if they're in mind for a sales product, you can think of them as being registered for both marketing and sales. And as Dan says, a lot of times customers will uh, start with the HubSpot CRM, and that's the door into the inbound ecosystem, which includes additional software as well as additional services uh, Mm -hmm. from a partner. So make sure that you register those leads. Yeah, as a former channel consultant, I can't reiterate that enough because it makes it so much easier to make sure that a partner who is selling these deals, be it an entire marketing package or starting on the other end with an entire sales package, it just makes it infinitely easier to make sure that everybody is getting the help that they need from people on the HubSpot side to help you make those sales, as well as making sure that you're going to get commission on this stuff as well. So it is critical. Please get familiar with the lead registration process. It makes everybody's lives much easier. Great. So um, Dan, I, you mentioned one thing I want to pick up on in a moment, so I'm just going to tee it up, but have mm-hmm. a, a question first. So you mentioned training, and in a second I want to ask you about services because the software is not just about the use of the software, but it's about helping the customer to get the most use out of it. So I'm going to mm-hmm. ask your opinion on services that agencies can offer. Mm-hmm. Before I do that, I did want to talk just about fit for the HubSpot sales uh, tools. Mm-hmm. Yep. Who is a good fit for the tools and who's not? A good fit. Very good. Good. Good question. Um, so, generally, when I'm speaking with somebody who is uh, interested in HubSpot CRM or in the HubSpot sales tools, there are a couple of questions I have that can figure out sort of the go no go uh, point with them. Um, if we're starting the conversation from a CRM standpoint, uh, what I want to understand is number one: Are they using a CRM, and why are they looking to? Why are they looking at HubSpot CRM? So if they are using a, a CRM, my next question is what, you know, which CRM is it? If they're using, and, and really the CRM landscape is almost divided into two buckets. One is sort of your enterprise level CRM. So think of uh, Salesforce, think of Dynamics, think of Sugar. The second part are sort of what I'd call maybe two, tier two, which are built more around simplicity, ease of use. So maybe like Zoho, Base, uh, pipe drive and so on. If they are an enterprise level CRM, that's a red flag for me because generally we are not building this for the enterprise uh, level customer. Uh, where generally this is a product we're building for 200 employees of 200 or companies with employees of 200 or less. And so what I want to understand is well, why are you looking to move off? Now, what we do encounter sometimes is companies get set up on, a, on an enterprise level CRM and just aren't ready for it. The things that indicate to me that HubSpot might be a fit are we're only using 10% of the functionality. 
uh, it's too complex and nobody's using it. Things like that indicate to me, okay, we might be able to help. If And same question, even if it's a tier two, why are you looking to move off? Very often, I would say probably 90% of the time, it's that our sales team isn't using it. It's never feature related. It's always just the sales team isn't using it. That's pretty much it. Every now and then it's feature related, but very rarely. Now, if they're not using a CRM, I still want to ask some questions. And my big question is, well, why are you moving over? What's your main reason? Main reason behind that isn't so much for me to qualify, because if they're not using a CRM, HubSpot CRM is going to be an improvement to their processes automatically. The reason is more for me to understand what is the prospect of them coming on as a paid CRM user versus a free CRM user. And so I just want to qualify their use case. Um, is it a one-person company or one-person shop just looking to keep track of their records, keep everything tidy? Or is this sort of a larger sales team and a bigger opportunity for me? So those are the things I look at there. And, um, and differentiate that for us, Dan. What yeah. What is a paid uh, user of the sales products look like versus a non-paid user generally? Sure, sure, sure. Typically a paid sales user. And again, if I'm, if I'm going to paint my ideal persona, the ideal person who I want on a call as a paid sales user, generally they are companies with a sales team. So again, with maybe, uh, you know, it could be as low as, you know, one, two, three to 10 or 20 rep reps. Uh, in a lot of cases, they are higher volume sales environments. So inside sales is generally a better fit than outside sales. Although I wouldn't say they're, you know, outside sales isn't a fit. It's just, that's a yellow light, I'd say. And the next thing I look for is email setup. Um, generally, the best integrations in order of uh, best to least best, because we don't have a worst, is, uh, is uh, Gmail, uh, Outlook 365, then Outlook. The one thing I'd bring up is we don't have a plugin for Outlook on a Mac, uh, and we're probably not planning on developing one. So uh, I would say, again, if you talk to somebody who has Outlook on a Mac, uh, and and it, it, I would say proceed with caution there, or at least clarify that it's Outlook 365, because Outlook 365 integrates seamlessly regardless of uh, the uh, machine you're working on. Great. So we talked a little bit about who the, the software itself and then who it's a fit for. Um, let's talk a little bit about how agencies could use the software to potentially introduce services mm -hmm. to client to either existing clients or to potentially new clients whose sales need is more compelling than their marketing need. Do you have some sure. ideas on how an agency might use these tools? Definitely, definitely. And you know, one thing I bring up to everybody listening is our sales partner program is still nascent. So this is still the very beginning of our partner program. And uh, there is still a very very green field for anybody looking to develop sales services or to maybe add that to their business. Right. Um, hey, and Dan, and I, w I wanted to clarify just for confusion. What? So yes. there's two aspects. Uh, and what Dan is referring to is so we have our uh, HubSpot partner program, which is traditionally for marketing agencies who can also sell the sales products. So in terms of that, the channel is mature, although the product is new. Absolutely. Dan talks about the sales channel. We're in development for a very early stages of an entirely new uh, program, particularly for folks who are in the sales advisory business, so sales coaches, sales trainers, um, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. So, I should have clarified that. So thank you. Yeah. Um, but what I would say is, is there are some common things that we see when people are beginning to adopt the CRM. Uh, one of the biggest things that we see is that 
despite the fact that it is definitely easy to set up, people are still a little confused or unsure about how they should go about doing it. And people are very concerned with doing it right. So getting that CRM set up properly. And I do think there's an opportunity for agencies to, uh, to develop service packages built around HubSpot CRM setup. Uh, because there are lots of people who have questions around migrating data, how to structure data, how to structure deal stages. Um, all of those are things that you can package that don't require any fundamental shift in how you do business. It's really just technical setup and best practices. Right now, we charge $600 for four hours here. Um, and that's for, again, that basic setup assistance. Um, David, you'd probably be better to comment on this than I could. My feeling is that uh, as an agency, you could probably charge more uh, for the actual setup and yeah, I, I would. I mean, there's there's value to getting in front of a group of salespeople, importing data, do a lot, doing a lot of the things above and beyond what our kind of basic setup package includes. Um, what I've seen for standard implementations for CRM might vary between um, three to five thousand dollars, one-time project fees um, typically, and that's of course if there's not like a very complex uh, data import, uh, at which point you got to scope that out as well. But there's um, absolutely opportunities. Um, a lot of times that'll come with an existing um, HubSpot marketing customer who wants to get set up on the CRM. But if you're speaking with someone who needs a CRM in general and they're looking for a lot more touch and feel than the normal like you know $600 HubSpot setup program, um, it's still short money for the type of value that a CRM can provide to an organization. Is that an opportunity to do some sort of sales workshop? do it for a half day, do it for a full day, and that helps to set the cost at a $3,000, $5,000 range. I wouldn't even see, say you need to do a workshop. Like you could, if you have thoughts about inbound selling, you could do even more, but I would say a sales training. Like what, what we know as marketing agencies, mm -hmm. we know technology and we know process. So even if you're getting up to the sales team and taking them through working a deal and setting up a view and how to use a view and who to call first, you don't really have to run like a sales workshop, like teaching sales in order to be able to add value with just a simple CRM training session that is a huge value. Um, adoption has traditionally been a big stumbling block for CRM, so getting in but getting people comfortable with it, even sitting down with people one-on-one -on -one potentially to help you know get them up to speed on it is all a tremendous value and you don't have to be a sales expert in order to do that for an Yeah, I bring it up to establish the differentiation between the sales and the marketing approach when it comes to an inbound style Oftentimes when you bring on a whole new client, you will need to do a full day workshop with the marketing team and a lot of the time is invested in the marketing team. Whereas in the case of ramping up with the sales folks, like you said, it might just be a matter of one class, which is a much much more fitting way to teach these things to the sales team. Yeah, and you still, it's not to say you don't want to understand the context and the process that they're using, but you're not going to be, you know, you, you're teaching them marketing skills in those marketing workshops. You yeah. don't need, necessarily need to teach them sales skills yeah. in, the, in the sales training. Training. I, yeah, I would say there's there's definitely room too to maybe do some marketing training in a way where you know a big focus that we have I think on the marketing side is what does the handoff from marketing to sales look like and maybe it's worth pulling in not the entire sales team but at least the VP or director in there. Um, I think that's helpful not only from the standpoint of getting getting the team embedded but just getting more buy-in from the sales organization on HubSpot makes it a lot easier to drive the sale pre-sale and makes it a lot easier to, again, uh, retain over the long term. Yep, totally. Violent uh, head, head nodding in agreement here, Dan. All right, cool, cool. 
Excellent. Hey, Dan, should we uh, should we jump into the tool itself and you yep. can share with us what the uh, the master Dan Sally Sally a demo of the sales tools looks like? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you should all see my screen or which has a, uh, a demo portal of HubSpot sales in front of us. Do you all see that? Yeah, let's take a walk through this. Let's do some color commentary. Let's learn from you and let's see where this takes us. Got it. Got it. Okay, perfect. So um, whenever I'm presenting the tool, really one of the first things I start with is the story. And again, that gets back to what I mentioned earlier, which is why did we develop this? We developed this for a short learning curve to reduce complexity in terms of setup. Uh, we developed this to make sure sales was getting value out of this, that the CRM was viewed as an efficiency tool rather than as uh, a place that sucks up their day with rote data entry. And uh, the last thing we stress is that this is a tool designed to increase the conversion rate from lead to opportunity and opportunity to sale. So again, if you're a joint marketing and sales customer, you're getting more ROI from your investment in HubSpot. You're getting more ROI from all that good work you're doing with inbound marketing to generate leads for your sales team. Now, I always start on the dashboard here. Now, this is sort of what you see when you log into HubSpot. What we'll provide at a base level is a weighted forecast of all deals. So as you can see in this particular portal, they're looking at a month of about... It's a, it's a healthy pipeline there, Dan. I would say about $333.5 billion in sales for the month of December. So <laughs> wait, I don't even think Raytheon turned that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll have some basic productivity statistics here. Apologies for the confusion. Some of these reports here are um, purchase only. So for example, deal snapshot, deal stage funnel, only available uh, in the paid version. Sales performance stats are available uh, in the free version as well. So when they log in, this is typically what they'll see here. Um, again, weighted pipeline, sales performance, productivity. If they want to drill down to one member of their team. So let's say they want to go and see what David Winehouse is doing. <laughs> oh, that's not, not going to be as healthy, oh, David. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. None of that $333 billion is coming from you. Um, right. All right. So the idea here is to give you a good sort of high-level uh, overview of the health of the business. You can go ahead and uh, extrapolate that out for the quarter, for the year, so on and so forth. Um, there's also, again, some more advanced reporting that I'll get into as we get to the end of this um, that you can use to really dive into your sales funnel and get a better understanding as to uh, how deals are moving through the funnel, where they're getting caught up, where specific reps might need help, and so on. I really like the sales performance timeline there going from where things begin. You, you mentioned where things might potentially get caught up. It's yep. cool to see where, oh, we have a lot lying in this particular area. Or if you do run somebody's data through there, you can make those notes all in the dashboard. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's some, there's some great sort of very high level observations you can make from this performance dashboard. And again, if you're all demoing this to your uh, clients and you know you want to have a little soundbite or maybe sound smart here, you know, the big, the way to look at this is, okay, so we assigned 10,000 contacts, but we've only worked 163. That tells me that maybe we ought to coach the sales team to get on the phone, or maybe they're spending too much time with the people they're speaking with. We don't know. Um, so, so just again, uh, anything you can weave in there on how you can use that to diagnose sales performance is great. Um, now, from here, uh, the next place I go to is the contacts uh, database. Um, 
what I like to stress when I'm walking people through this page is the ease of importing data into HubSpot CRM. If it's a joint marketing customer, I also like to exp I also like to make sure that they're clear that this is identical to their HubSpot marketing database. So this is not this does not require any integration, does not require any transfer of data. Quite literally, all that contact information, all that visit data and email open data that the uh, marketing team is collecting through HubSpot is transferred automatically here and is put right in the hands of your sales team. No API calls, no sync, no Salesforce integration, no sugar integration, nothing, nothing like that. It's all the same stuff all, all the time. Nothing at all. Same piece of software. And if they're looking to import their, their data, again, if they don't have a CRM, chances are they're working off spreadsheets. Very easy to import contacts via CSV file. Uh, if they are using another CRM, they want to transfer over, they could still use the CSV format or use some of the pre-built connectors that third parties have put together for uh, any of the other CRMs out there to kind of migrate their data over. I would put a little asterisk there. Uh, the migration process is something that is, uh, is complex. Uh, I wouldn't underestimate the amount of work involved in there. So again, if somebody's migrating over from another CRM, you just want to get a clear idea as to what that migration plan looks like and help them chart that out. Um, now, once they have their data in there, what we what we wanted to do is make sure it's very easy for salespeople to get to the information they need right away. So one of the first places any team adopting HubSpot CRM should start out is with our custom filters. With this, you're able to sort your database by any criteria that might be valuable for their sales team. So for example, I might want to get an idea of any person who has visited our website this month. And now I have a list of people who've recently visited. And maybe I want to add another criteria, uh, such as uh, email address. But the idea is, again, I'm going to add different criteria, such as maybe industry, employee size, anything that's going to help my sales team better target the leads that are most likely to close, that we've determined are most likely to close. We're going to go ahead and save that as a view. From there, the sales team can just go ahead, click a button, and get access to that list of people right away. In this case, we have one person, so that's great. Keeps it simple. With these pre-built views, your sales team can come in, again, just click a button, get right to the data they need, but every salesperson does things a little bit different, and every salesperson has their own idea as to what a good lead is or what kinds of leads they want to work. And so maybe I like this view, and I like it, but I want to view some additional data points on it. So I might go ahead and say to myself, well, I'm not really interested in lead status, but you know what I'm interested in? I'm interested in their uh, recent conversion. I want to know what they converted on last. So I'm going to put that right up here. And I'm going to go ahead and save that. And then now I can take a look and I get an exact idea as to what Neil converted on. So that's great news for me. Now I know what Neil's converted on. I know exactly how to start the conversation. Once I've narrowed down that list of the people I want to call, I'm going to click a button and I'm going to add that person to a call queue. And what that's going to allow me to do is go down to our call list, click a button and start calling. One of the things we saw when we were talking with sales teams is, and I'm sure will resonate with any sales leader out there, you know, one of the big obstacles 
to any sales process starts at the beginning. Just starts with picking up the phone and getting through the right number of contacts per day to ensure that your pipeline is filled. What the call queue allows me to do is actually build a list of prospects that I want to speak with. So again, we'll add my one prospect to the call queue. And then all I have to do is click start calling and it's going to dial right out of the CRM. So you can see here I'm using a USB headset. I quite literally just click a button and go down my call list. So block off an hour, two hours and whatnot, I've gone through that. When you create the call queue and you have that list of 10 or so people and you click to begin calling the folks in the call queue, it brings up the first contact, the call is made. Does it then continue straight to the next contact in the list? Does it bring up that next contact automatically? So what'll happen is when you click that next button, it usually gives a buffer and you can set that buffer automatically. The default is a minute. I would recommend keeping it at that. That gives you enough time to look through the person's contact history, get an idea as to what the last interaction was, what were some of the page views they made, maybe what emails are they opening and give you an idea how to start the conversation before you actually call. That's awesome. It's like a playlist. Oh yeah, it's it's really cool. And And again, I mean, obviously, Nobody's complaining uh, about how much time it takes to pick up and dial the phone, but when you just click a button and just go through it automatically, it just makes it, uh, it makes all the difference. Generally, and this is going to don't I, I don't want anyone to misinterpret this. In any sales process, really, the less you have to think about prospecting, the better. You know, the prospecting part is really just kind of going through a process, and that process is designed to take a certain amount of uh, input. Again convert those to deals. And then that's really where the customized, uh, that's really where sort of the more customized tailored approach starts. But in the beginning, it's really just, again, getting through those numbers, making sure you're getting the right number of people in there. So uh, you have enough people in the pipeline to, uh, to, to hit or exceed your number. Well, Dan, Dan and David, you guys have been in sales for a really long time here. Mm -hmm. And you know that there's going to be a time in the day where the action of literally hitting the keys on the phone pad to make sure that you get the number correct is so mentally taxing because you've been doing it a lot that day where you're just, oh man, I hope I don't mess this up and you need every brain cell firing to make sure that you dial it correctly. That's taken <laughs> off That's taken off the board here with this tool. Where, yeah, you, where you take your notes is taken off the board because you can just drop them straight into the contact timeline. Yep. There are a lot, like you said, it's simplifying this and it's requiring you to spend less energy thinking about the actual mechanism of dialing the phone and more about actually having a conversation with a human being. That's it. That's it. I want to work out of one window. I want to push as few buttons as possible. I really just want to sit, connect, and talk. And that's it. Yeah. And actually, that kind of folds dovetails very well into the next segment here, which is, of course, if I get Neil on the phone, I can record that call. I can take my notes, leave them right in there. We're going to jump to another contact record here because this particular one or this particular portal has a few more features. People probably recognize this name here. I'd call him, but unfortunately, he's already bought HubSpot. <laughs> um, so uh, now Pretty let's... Yeah, exactly. I, I'm full of them. Um, yeah. So now let's say I uh, let's say I call Brian, get his voicemail. Okay. Well, now I've got to make sure I follow up with him. Now this is another area where we see sales processes break down. Um, getting back to something I just said, sales is a process. It is a matter of methodically going through the same sequence of actions with every lead and opportunity the same exact way. One of the big uh, differentiators between a high-performing sales team and every other sales team out there is their ability to faithfully execute on that process with each and every lead and each and every opportunity. Um, a big part of that is making sure that you are optimizing your likelihood of connecting. 
what we also see is that your typical prospect typically won't respond until about the fourth to sixth touch point. Your average salesperson stops between touch point one and three. And so what we see here is sort of a big gap between what salespeople should be doing to optimize their connect rate and what they're actually doing. Uh, one of the tools that I really like to help address this is a tool called Sequences. It is developed to automate follow-up via email. At the same time, what I think it's incredibly useful for is being able to hard code your sales process in the CRM. Um, again, remember the, the key here with the CRM is adoption. And, uh, and again, the more you can code that sales process in the CRM, the more the salespeople can just focus on connecting with prospects, scheduling calls, moving those deals through the sales cycle. So with the sequence, what I can do here is I can start off with an email. So again, I leave a voicemail, I wanna follow up with an email, but I also wanna remember two days later that I call Brian to follow up. And then if I don't get Brian, maybe two days later I want to send another email, and then again, two days later, I want a call to follow up. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna schedule a sequence that has anywhere between maybe six to 10 touch points consisting of call, email, call, email. And then when I go ahead and leave Brian that voicemail, I'm going to execute that sequence right in here. So all I do is click a button and that is automatically running for me. So again, I don't have to think. This is great, Dan. I would also um, put in a PSA here for um, our agencies that anytime you're developing a sequence of emails, that's content that goes in those emails. Um, it can be a little overwhelming for um, uh, companies to do that. Usually they have sales reps that each have their own sequences of emails. Great questions that you can ask them are, are your, are your reps consistent about their follow-up? Do they consistently use emails? Do some emails perform better than other emails? Have you ever looked at those emails and done an assessment and pulled out the best practices to share with the team? Chances are you're going to start getting a lot of no's to those questions, but you're going to start seeing a lot of light bulbs go off. And that's where you can talk about your agency services to help them do effectively to move um, the process along. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's a great point. Um, I do think a lot of people love the idea of email automation, but don't necessarily know how to do it. I'll I'll actually I'm going to once we get through this, I'm going to show you another little thing you can use to to again diagnose uh, how your clients are doing and maybe layer another level of services on here. A couple of the things that uh, sales teams really like they always love sequences. They always love the idea of automating their follow up, automating their email. The other thing they really love is the direct link with their calendar. So again, the goal of any uh, sales, of any prospecting call, the goal of any email is to book a meeting. With HubSpot sales, you can integrate directly with your calendar. So if somebody's interested in meeting, all they need to do is click a button and they're on your calendar right there. So those are two things. Again, when you're showing this to a sales team, those are two things that really get their attention. And you don't have to bounce outside of the HubSpot tool or go to an entirely different set of software. It's all built into the one one same place. So you don't say, oh, yeah, we do our, do our calendaring and our call scheduling with this other service. Nope, that's all there. It's all still filed in the same timeline. You can look and saw that your, your third email in the sequence was really effective, and that got us to this meeting, meeting booking. Bingo. And that's more evidence to indicate, hey, guys, let's try to adopt this type of style for email number three in the sequence because Jimmy did his email really well at that phase. Let's let's pull from his style and, yep. and adopt that for the regular regular style. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I would, uh, you know, one of the other things I bring up, typically sales teams are using a lot of these tools already. They're just using them in different tools. So they might yeah. be using Calendly for calendar booking. They might be using uh, Yesware for sequencing. 
or sales loft or something to that effect. You know, there are a lot of different tools that people are using to accomplish this. Again, using this just puts everything under one platform, one bill, one support team, one training department. That's the value of HubSpot right there. Cool. Mm -hmm. Moving on from here. So we've talked a lot about automation. So we've talked a lot about the things that make the process of prospecting, connecting with prospects easier. Now, the next thing is how do we make sure sales is able to prioritize leads appropriately? And how do we make sure that they are jumping on leads when those leads are engaged? Well, there's a couple of things that we've built into the sales tools to help with that. The first are notifications. Within Sales Pro, you have unlimited notifications. Anytime anybody opens an email, clicks on an email, or a HubSpot lead visits a web page, that shows up in a pop-up box in your browser, also shows up uh, right in this uh, plugin here. The idea, of course, somebody opening your email, somebody visiting your website is engaged. They are a receptive audience. Now is the time to follow up with them. So the first thing I do when I see a notification pop up, if I'm not on the phone, is I'm going to give that person a ring right away. The second thing we also offer is outside of the standard notifications for people you've emailed, we're also going to offer uh, notifications on uh, the companies visiting your website. So if somebody hasn't converted in the HubSpot database yet, but is visiting your site, we will track that IP back to the company. We'll be able to give you a quick snapshot as to who is visiting the site and what they're doing. So you can see here, we have a lot of anonymous visitors. And if we don't have anyone in the HubSpot database, there's a link right here to LinkedIn for me to find either people I'm already connected with there or people I'm connected with who are connected with the company or find the type of person I want to speak with. Now, the thing I want to stress here is this is definitely more of an outbound approach. It's more of an outbound sales tool. However, there's nothing keeping you from taking an inbound approach with this. After all, people from this company were visiting a website. And so a perfectly contextual outreach is, hey, such and such, notice some people from your team were visiting our site. Typically, people who are visiting our site are looking for help with X, Y, and Z. Is this a priority for you? If so, I'd like to discuss. Here's a link to my calendar. That's it. Um, I think that that is, uh, that is perfectly, uh, that's a perfectly acceptable contextual outreach. Yeah, I would agree with you. Yeah, we, we talk in proactive prospecting about target people who are yep. visiting your site, in this case, having a reason for reaching out, which you did, um, adding some value, and then a call to action. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Great, great example. Yeah, and, and getting back to what Alex mentioned about the academy as well, there is uh, the inbound sales certification, which actually talks about outbound prospecting. Um, in many cases, obviously, your clients are coming to you because they may not have an inbound process set up, and they may be working entirely on outbound. They want to move to an inbound model. Well. Between that transition, they are going to need. Um, between that transition, they are going to need to still uh, bring in sales. It's, you can't expect for them just to wait around for the inbound leads to come in. You know, they have. They they still need to get out there and prospect. Again, inbound sales certification, great way to apply an inbound or or let's call it 21st century approach to. Uh, uh, outbound methods or to cold mm -hmm. calling. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Hey, Dan, from a um, time check perspective yeah. here, we got about five more minutes or so left. Do we, uh, are we going to exceed all the great things you have to tell us? I have one more thing I want to show you and then we can move on to maybe any questions the group has or any questions you have, anything you, else you want to address. Last thing I want to talk about is obviously when all this is going on, uh, generally at the high level, what sales leaders want to understand is the motion of deals through the pipeline. Um, they want to understand 
their sales team's activity levels. They want to understand where are, how are sales reps doing moving deals through the funnel. All that can be generated and customized in the reports dashboard. What we did when we created the reporting add-on is we wanted to create a tool that, again, required little manual configuration. So we polled all of our customers, asked them, what reports are you using? Which ones would you like? Which ones can't you live without? And we've embedded them all in a library. So for example, if I want to see how my sales team is doing by activity, I just click a button that's added to a specific dashboard. If I want to see how deals are moving through the funnel, I can go ahead and get that analysis right there. Um, all this is built right in. And generally what I've seen, especially on the sales side, this type of insight is invaluable. Because a lot of times people who are coming to you, especially if they don't have a CRM or haven't fully adopted their existing one, they just don't know. Or maybe they're spending a day compiling this on a spreadsheet and this is something that they can get with a click of the button and get it with a click of a button so they don't have to email them about it. So lots of ways that this can help out. Yeah, um, those reports are very cool, Dan. Yeah, absolutely. And again, that would be the reporting add-on, which you're probably all familiar with. Mm -hmm. uh, we have about 10 minutes left. I guess, do we want to open it up to questions or do either of you have things we, we should be covering here? Yeah, if anybody in the chat has curiosities or questions for... David or Dan, certainly feel free to post them. David, do you have any other follow-up thoughts or comments after seeing the demo? Um, I love it. I think it's great. I think what I like about the sales products and how Dan goes through them as well is it shows how easy it is to use the tools. I think at the same time, like the flip side is you could look at all the different views or all the different custom fields and also get overwhelmed. Drive yourself completely mad. Yeah, which I think <laughs> is a positive from a perspective of selling agency services. So. As we show how easy it is to create views, you know, there's still the tension of what are the best views for the salespeople that will make them the most productive. And I think that's our opportunity where we can say, Mr. Client or Mr. Customer, this is where we're going to come in. We're going to help you create the most valuable custom views for your team and share with your sales team how to use those views so they can quickly call into the best leads and prioritize them effectively. So I think it's this yin and yang of easy to use, but still needing to set it up properly for produ productivity. And that's where agencies have opportunity to help. Yeah, I think anybody with a little imagination could look at the reports dashboard and create, imagine what sort of widget they would create and drag that onto their main dashboard so the appropriate person can see the appropriate data at the appropriate time to make the right call. And meanwhile, back to the salesperson, they can then invest their time and energy into the actual action that they have been hired to do, and that is to sell. They have to worry less about, oh, got to put together my report because it's the second week of the month. I got to make sure that I dial the phone correctly. It sounds weird, but those are things that you have to put, you do have to put time and energy into, and it is a lot easier when you don't have to think about those things. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Hey, Dan, I'll, I'll ask you a question here potentially. Do you have like a favorite case study or it could just be an anecdotal story that you've heard? from a past prospect or a client about uh, how they've used HubSpot CRM and Sales Pro that's really made an impact for them? Absolutely. I have three that I share all the time. Two are bookmarked. Actually, I think all three are bookmarked. And I'll go through all of them uh, one by one because I think they're all worth looking at, they're worth knowing, and worth sharing with your clients. The first one I always like to send off is um, a blog article by Lauren Paddleford of Shopify. Um, it talks about how Shopify G on technology to drive 100% year-over-year revenue growth. 
in there is a uh, video uh, right here that actually goes through how Shopify used HubSpot CRM, how Shopify used uh, HubSpot Sales Pro to, again, help their sales team um, help their sales team prospect and uh, present more efficiently, uh, and also uh, how it helped them apply some science to their sales process and science to their sales coaching. The next two are more ROI-driven. Um, one is by Top Echelon. Um, Top Echelon switched over to us from a homegrown CRM. Uh, what in moving over to HubSpot CRM, uh, saved 70% of their sales rep time, cut their sales cycle in half, and saw their highest revenue month in five years. Almost same story with Studio Proper. In this case, again, cut their sales cycle in half, saw 35% increase in revenue, and saved about 50 hours per quarter uh, moving over to HubSpot uh, CRM. Those are the key value props. And that's something, again, what I would, the reason I like the last two specifically is because they're tied directly to ROI. 35% increase in revenue, highest revenue month in five years. I mean, those are things that anybody can latch on to. Yeah. And you can get to either of those case studies just on HubSpot.com slash customers, correct? Yep, that's correct. That's cool. correct. Mm -hmm. Excellent. This has been great. Yeah. Uh, I think I think we've covered all of our main talking points here. Um, and unless, uh, unless you have any final pearls of wisdom, uh, I think we're going to just do our sign-offs and uh, we'll call it a day. That's great. No, I, I appreciate you inviting me. I'm glad uh, in my hobbled state, I could still <laughs> effectively present the tool. And uh, and yeah, that's it. I, I, this was a lot of fun. Awesome. Thank you, everybody, for listening today to the agency broadcast. You can follow me, Alex, on social media, on Twitter. My handle is at Alex underscore crumb. You can find the repository for these agency broadcast episodes ranging on topics from selling to delivering services to new clients to everything really during that phase where you're really trying to get your feet wet as an agency and figure out how best to work with your clients and how also to best to sell new clients as well. Uh, that is available on academy.hubspot.com slash agency dash broadcast dash episodes. That's where the, all of those live. Or you can just Google it because it's a live URL and you can find it that way too. Mm -hmm. Dan and Dave, do you, do you guys have plugs that you want to include here? Uh, no, I'm pretty good. You can find me on uh, Twitter or davidwinehouse.com, uh, W-E-I-N-H-A-U-S. You can find me at, at Dan Sally on Twitter. I'm easy to get in touch with and easy to get along with. So look forward to hearing from you. <laughs> Great endorsement. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Have a happy holiday, and we will see you all next time. All right. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. David, what are your holiday plans? <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of holiday plans. I'm going to bone up on uh, selling HubSpot sales. I did get certified. That's a very good answer, David. <laughs> I did get some. Stay on topic here, Alex, since we're using the time.